Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, the monthly podcast series brought to you by the team that produced the Global Cosmetics Newsfeed. 2022's theme is Future Proof. This month's topic is hair care, and I'm your host, Siobhan Murphy. If the concept of future proofing is the process of anticipating the future and developing methods of minimizing the effects and shocks and stresses of future events, how can the cosmetics industry plan ahead? What trends do we follow and who should lead them? What tools are needed and how do we find them? What standards are required and who should set them? To help me answer these questions and more, it is my pleasure to introduce this month's panel. Hello to Anita Woodford, Global Director of Marketing for Beauty and Personal Care at Univar Solutions. A warm welcome to Samantha Kidju, founder at EasyCare. And welcome back to Keely Brandt, founder at Sisto. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Hello. Thanks for having me. Anita, let's start with you. What are the social drivers that are currently influencing the future-proofing of hair care formulations at Univar Solutions? Thanks, Siobhan. You know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, as I was thinking about these questions, I thought about really what's impacting the industry as a whole. And I think it's inclusivity, it's being eco-responsible, and it's giving science-based information to consumers. If I look at the hair care industry and, and its projection for growth, which is $87 billion for 2022, you know, we have a lot, we have a lot of room for innovation. Um, it's going to be a lot of hair types. So making sure we're touching on what's needed for curly hair, for textured hair, as inclusivity continues to, to be at the forefront of the consumer demand. 65% um, of the world has curly hair. So we need to make sure we're addressing that. And at Universe Solutions specifically, we're trying to adapt formulation trends, um, also some of the, the ingredients we're proposing to make sure that our customer base has everything they need to formulate and put on the shelves for those consumers, the products that they're looking for. I also think if we, if we're really looking at sustainability, um, we have to do a, a bit of a deep dive, right? Socially speaking, everyone's concerned about sustainability. They want to know where things are coming from, how they're being used, whether it's plastic, what the, the material is. Um, I receive countless newsletters uh, and sustainability is probably in a headline in at least 80% of them, if not 90%. So I think we just need to stand behind what we are putting out into the beauty industry. And specifically in hair care, I think there's just so many things that we could do in terms of innovation, whether that's packaging, um, proposing things like refillable soaps as packs or cardboard packaging, but also just as, as I learned uh, from Sestio, being able to propose different formats, right? So dry shampoos, um, solid conditioners, solid and, and dry formats or waterless or water reduced formats will continue to be huge, huge trends as we move forward. And lastly, I think really um, we have to, to look at the hair care routine as a whole 
And so other things that are trending and that will continue to, to drive innovation in the area will be how we care for the scalp and the hair and moving forward and proposing the right materials to develop those types of products. And uh, Issy Care Samantha, what are the social drivers driving your brand? So one of the social driver at Issy Care that I'm really looking at is um, hair care in a, as a holistic ritual. And that goes from the scalp and scalp care. And that's also a trend that I find with consumers, um, mainly influenced by skincare, where consumers are more and more focused on the health of the scalp and they understand how it is linked to healthy hair. So it's definitely something that I am looking at, at how to create that holistic approach to the scalp and hair. And another another driver is personalization, which, uh, which is at the heart of the brand. And how do I address the diversity and all the different hairs that we have and the problems and the goals that we have. And I think consumers are also, especially in the Afro and curly hair community, looking for products made for them that, um, that start with their hair and with their um, habits. And that's a strong social driver and I'm, I'm really attached to it because myself as a black woman, I've been looking a lot for that. And I think more brands also are looking at how they can personalize not only the um, not only the, the whole routine, but also the product itself. And also something else that comes with personalization is to adapt to aging hair and to a different population that is often forgotten in in the hair industry, but how how we can also adapt products to aging hair. And the concept of Sistu was built from social needs, Kaylee. How has it developed in 2022? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, to mimic what's been said, obviously sustainability is so huge um, and it's a huge social driver, but there's different components of sustainability when we're talking about the social aspect. And so part of that is actually the economic viability. How can we maintain uh, fair labor practices across the supply chain? And I think that's where water lists and developing products that last longer for the consumer are less wasteful, have a lower carbon footprint are really relevant and becoming really the future of beauty. Um, we're looking at developing products that obviously cost more, but they're better for the planet. And they also last longer for the consumer. Um, from the health and wellness factor, there's less ingredients, um, but you have the same performance as your liquid products. I think from the brand perspective, it is so important for brands to consider what they're doing as a whole and not just looking at a product, relabeling it, remarketing it, putting in a new featured ingredient. It's really about your impact across the entire supply chain on society, on the environment, and making sure it's something that is gonna make the world a better place in from a 360 perspective. And so for us, you know, we wanna make sure that every every vendor that we use, everywhere we source something from is contributing to the world in a way that we wanna see it move. Um, 
And so, for example, we source ocean-bound recycled plastic, right? Um, that comes from all over the world. It's supporting uh, third-world country economies that normally brands like us wouldn't have the opportunity to interact with and support. Um, and then we're bringing that to the U.S. and um, creating packaging here. And I think it's really important to be able to support so many different factors across the supply chain, not just from the environmental, social perspective. And Anita, what are the digital drivers that are currently assisting the future-proofing of hair care formulation at Univar Solutions? Um, Siobhan, I really think we have to say that this is all about convenience, to be honest. So for me, the digital aspect of convenience, whether it's the whether it's the Amazon, the Etsy, the Airbnb, the Uber-like environments that we've all been used to as consumers, you know, there's a certain fluidity and B2B and B2C are really blurring. So our formulators, the buyers, the customers that all have those similar expectations are looking to Univar Solutions at least to provide some sort of digitalization within ingredients. So we've been developing our e-commerce ecosystem and, and we're hoping to, to be able to supply customers across the globe easily and be able to give them that convenience that they're looking for. We're trying to streamline the entire process to tailor the products to what they're looking for um, to help them respond to consumer demand. And your business, Samantha, it's purely digital, I believe. Is Absolutely. convenience key? Um, I would say over more than convenience, it's really about the performance. Um, I've really built uh, Easycare around an algorithm and I, for 2022, I'm really looking at all the possibilities that new technologies offer. And that's something customers come to to me for is for finding the performance of finding the, the personalized product, but also with that whole um, aspect of finding an ingredient that will be for them, good for them, but also good for the environment. And that's something digital tools allow me to do is really take into account, not only the ingredient, but also the person and where they live and how I can make it holistic for them. And the convenience just comes naturally. And I think we are all now used to it, uh, be able to order whatever we need just from our smartphone and receive it at home. Uh, so I think that will just become normal. I guess we are already used to it. Um, so yeah, it's really about creating something performant for Isikir. And what digital drivers are helping the growth at Sistu, Keely? Um, I actually think it's really interesting, the idea of being able to be more transparent with the consumer. I think it's something a lot of small brands have been pushing for a really long time. Um, but now from the brand perspective, it's so much easier to do that. When I started um, doing research for the brand back in 2016, I was begging suppliers uh, our vendors for information of where things were coming from, how they were grown, um, the complete compositional breakdown wasn't something that was just handed to me. And there's a lot of um, new software platforms. For example, Novi Connect is one of them that is really user-friendly. It allows, say, someone who works in marketing and doesn't have a technical background 
to look at the ingredient you're using and then deliver that information to the consumer. And that's really what consumers want. They want to know if their squalene is derived from sugar cane or olive oil. They don't want to just know that it's plant-based anymore. They want to know if it was sustainably harvested. They want to know if the coffee grounds that you're using were upcycled. And so there's so much more um, interest in where ingredients are coming from. And so this idea of transparency really is pushing digital growth for small brands like us. And then I think there's also the idea of impact and being able to have a more accessible way to quantify impact. So it's something that we're working on behind the scenes is every time you check out online, um, you are able to see, you know, the reduction in water footprint, how much plastic you um, upcycled for your bottle, the impact across the entire supply chain and your reduction in carbon. Um, and a thing that we just installed in the last month that I actually saw someone shared on LinkedIn this morning because they thought it was so interesting is the option for carbon neutral shipping. And um, there is an app, a plugin for Shopify called EcoCart that we're using and you can select carbon neutral shipping at checkout. And it's just something that actually we've seen increased conversion on our site. Um, but people are willing to pay, you know, less than 25 cents to make that better change for the environment. And it's really exciting to see the industry moving that way and what consumers want moving that direction as well. Talking transparency, Anita, what are the environmental drivers currently impacting the future proofing of hair care formulation at Univar Solutions? From an environmental standpoint, I think it's a lot of the things that, you know, that were just touched on. It's, it's our ESG um, score and what we're able to, to put out uh, to our customers to see. Uh, that's a really important factor for us. So we are trying to make sure with our suppliers that they are as transparent as possible, that they are able to switch out sources if necessary um, based on consumer demand and also based on our company ethos. We're looking to, to move more natural and sustainable materials. Um, we believe that education is key and that customers need to understand and therefore brands need to understand that synthetic is necessary and synthetic is not bad. Um, we're looking to change the, the dialogue around synthetic materials, but also help people understand that natural is great, but we need to know where it's coming from and how it's impacting the environment. So all of those things are really on our docket for, for 2022 to keep moving the conversation forward, um, especially on the educational piece. And educational, is that an environmental driver? Is he care, Samantha? Yes, absolutely. And I think especially in, in beauty and in hair care, there is a lot of um, buzzwords, a lot of, um, yeah, a, a lot of buzzwords that people turn around and customers don't always understand uh, what is good or what is bad. And I absolutely back up what Anita was saying about synthetic is not always bad. Um, for EC care, it's really about the environmental aspect is really what started at the inception of the brand, whether it's the packaging. Uh, for example, picking a packaging is not just about, is it recyclable, but I myself am a material science engineer. So I always try to look at 
at the, the material from its beginning and how is the end life and also looking at the circularity of, of the choices I make for the brand. And that comes also into the, the hair care formulation of how is it grown, how is it transformed, um, what what was the chemical process to create ingredient, for example. And it's pretty difficult for me to, to have the whole educational piece because sometimes it's more complex than just saying this is green or this is good or bad. Um, most of the time it's more complex. There are more parameters to take into account. Um, so it's about finding the right balance um, to, to create great hair care for the customer and definitely trying to, to explain to customer what is the choices that I'm making and why. Why do I do them? And for Sisto, Keeley, as your business scales, what are the environmental challenges impacting you now? Overall, I, I mean, I agree with Samantha. I think uh, there's a balance. You know, my background is in chemical engineering. And so from the same perspective, there's so much I want to talk about um, with the consumer. And, you know, we started by explaining our product was waterless. But there are so many different aspects of the supply chain um, that I would like to talk about, that I would like to provide more transparency to for the consumer that I could elaborate on. Um, I like the idea of, you know, explaining synthetic um, is not bad because sometimes that's actually better for the environment and we can actually still design the same properties and um, end of life that we would expect from something that naturally would actually have a greater impact on the environment. And so I do, I do agree. It's about balance, balancing education with um, being able to communicate what the, un the understanding of the consumer is and how they interpret what you're doing. So a lot of the times uh, in the very beginning for us, everyone was like, oh, well, you know, you're just taking water out of the bottle and that's not what we're doing at all. Um, but the answer is very complex. And so we're continuing to build on that um, idea that what we're doing is really impactful across the entire supply chain. And it's not just about, uh, you know, the environmental shortage of water that we're seeing in so many different places that may not be impacting us in the U.S., but is happening around the world because it's not as relatable for every consumer. And even though it's important to us, not everyone can relate to it. And so we really have to bring it in perspective for different markets. And it's going to be a different environmental story for every market that we enter. Um, but it is really important for us as the brand to make sure that we're doing the most sustainable thing in every step of the product development process and making sure that we can reduce waste and our product can be easily disposed of once it's uh, done being used. And talking impact, Arnita, what are the current regulations that are aiding and abetting the future proofing of hair care formulation for Univar Solutions? So we're really interested in some of these hot topic buzzword type ingredients. Um, we've been keeping an eye on the CBD and hemp regulations. There's a lot of countries where they're being delisted, um, some places where it's still a little bit of the wild, wild west. Um, we really feel that this 
the, the CBD in general um, can have some very, very good impact on hair and scalp. Um, there have been several studies showing that they can be used to treat dermatological conditions, which would be great in scalp care. And I really do feel that 2022 will see a, a more of a focus on the scalp as a holistic um, treatment for the hair. As people move more into their rituals and their routines, um, picking up from skincare, you'll see that you know the scalp is just part of that. You'll do a scalp facial eventually. And so we're really keeping an, a pulse on, on that one. Um, also looking at how we can tap into some ingredients that have been used in other industries. So things like food algaes and seaweeds and how we can bring those over um, and the regulations of using the food ingredients into beauty and personal care. We have a really big food business, so we're trying to just cross-fertilize as well as um, keeping a pulse on some of the things that are popular in Nutra. I think that the supplement piece, um, being able, the ingestibles, being able to take your your beauty vitamins um, that will nourish your hair and scalp and the fine lines that we're weaving between those right now are, are really important to keep a pulse on. And for your startup brand, Samantha, what are the regulations aiding and abetting its growth? So for easy care, one one main thing is that there's not enough um, regulations regarding personalized beauty and personalized hair care is um, in an in-between regarding all, all the regulations. So that's something I hope uh, this year will, will evolve. There's a lot of lobbying now around uh, personalized products. It's often uh, enabled by um, technologies like artificial intelligence or uh, machine learning. So um, I'm really looking at, at it closely and how, yeah, trying to see how the the rules will change regarding personal personalized beauty. Um, I also think it's a trend that will only grow and yeah, it's very important for us. Um, in terms of ingredients themselves, I, I think the, just like Arnita was saying, the new kind of ingredients that come from skincare are are something that will be used in in the haircare industry, and it's important also to have the right regulations and to avoid a kind of misleading information. And at Sistu Keeley, as you scale up and you internationalize, what are the regulations that are aiding and abetting your future growth? Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that uh, seems kind of silly, but our packaging is so much smaller than that of a traditional hair care product. Um, and so, you know, look at an eight ounce shampoo bottle. Ours is half the size and it's four times the amount. And so the first challenge that we actually had was being able to fit everything that we needed to on the primary package. And so that led us to have to include a secondary pack um, for our retail partners, especially outside of the US. That was the only thing we could do. Um, we, since we are pushing to reduce waste in so many different ways, including packaging, we actually don't include a secondary pack on our website. And now as we're developing new products, we're looking 
at you know making the primary package slightly larger so that we can fit all that information on there without having to include a secondary pack. And so it just seems kind of silly to think about all the regulatory requirements around labeling. Um, but as you go into concentrated products, you know, you're trying to make the best move um, with packaging everywhere you possibly can. And some things are just unavoidable. So we haven't been able to completely eliminate secondary packaging. But again, we're saving, um, you know, over 85% of the plastic when you're looking at four bottles with pumps. So we're still doing a huge packaging reduction, but the regulations around labeling are something that we've really struggled with um, going internationally and being able to keep that idea of reducing packaging. From the formulation perspective, um, a challenge we've had not only globally, but here in the US, uh, we formulate everything to be globally compliant. So as I'm going through the product development process, I make sure that um, all of our ingredients uh, meet any restrictions and, you know, it's been challenging because we have concentrated products and there are um, ingredients that are restricted for leave on and rinse off um, applications. For example, one of them is BTMC, which is commonly used in conditioning products for the hair. That has a um, ingredient use restriction within a formulation. And traditionally, um, you would be able to get more from something like a liquid formula because it's already diluted. But since ours isn't diluted, we can only put so much in. And so we have to look at alternative ingredients to include because that's not an option to use it at the use level that you typically would since we're diluting it. But on the packaging, there is no regulation that differentiates a concentrated product from something that's delivered ready to use. Mm, interesting. And finally, in order to future-proof the industry, what could, should the global hair care market look like in 12 months' time, Arnita? You know, I think the hair care market can imitate art. I think we're really just at the beginning of a full transformation. Um, personal care will continue to get more personal, and hair care <clears throat> is a big part of that. I think it will continue to be diverse, um, to be climate positive, to be inclusive. I think we have a lot of space um, to grow in terms of performance. Consumers really want high-performing products, products that work, products that are science-based, products that are sustainable. So if we can get people to understand how things work, um, why they work, if we can use social media for our benefit, you know, get the YouTubers and the TikTokers and the Instagrammers to speak with an educated voice, I think we can have some powerful impacts on the hair care segment, really. Um, I also think that the whole metaverse revolution that's happening right now will, will really feel like, and it's going to fuel this new coolness of how we look at hairstyles and try products and shop and even engage with brands. Um, you know, beauty embraces and adopts digital very early. So this is a logical next step. Uh, I'm excited to see what 2022 will hold. And for you, Samantha? Um, I really think in the next 12 months, the hair care will probably 
um, in a sense, merge with lifestyle where hair care will be closer to self-care and it will be much more holistic. I think people are really trying to take care of themselves. It's been very much about the skin for now, but hair is, is coming also on that trend and it will it will be about uh, being more mindful of what uh, people are putting on their hair, on the scalp, absolutely looking at the, the sustainability bit and yeah, try to, to be nicer to them through hair care. Um, it's something I really like because it's something I'm really uh, trying to promote with easy care, uh, something more mindful and not just wash your hair. Um, so yeah, I'm also very excited to see what it will bring. And as Arnita was saying, the, the whole metaverse um, revolution is also interesting when it comes to hair. And I'm really excited to see how the diversity of, of hair will uh, yeah, will be shown in it. Emphasis to Kaylee. Um, I am like all the time coming across the question in interviews is waterless a trend? And so I think this is a good time to um, just talk about waterless in general. It's it's inclusive of so much more than the term waterless. You know, it's sustainable. It's concentrated. It's um, clean, it's high performing, and it's really about delivering something that's better for people and planet alike. And so I really think the future of the industry is this push for transparency, this push for really showing the consumers um, each piece of the supply chain through education. Um, and talking about TikTok, it's been very interesting for us. I just had my first TikTok um, hit a million views. It's over a million now, so that's exciting. <laughs> but it's great to see the interest of consumers in education and really wanting to know, you know, where the brand comes from, the ethos, everything like that. I think we're going to see less and less brands that are just plays on marketing. And it's really going to be brands that are mission-driven, that want to change um, the world, society, the environmental impact, everything, it's all inclusive. Um, and I'm really excited to see that driving so much engagement online. Um, also the idea of these like digital gifts, um, that we're doing now, I mean, maybe we'll launch an NFT, I don't know, but, um, for now, you know, we, um, launched gifts on Instagram that our community can use on their stories. We design wallpapers that you can put on your phone. It's really just being part of a community um, online that translates to the mission that we're doing and just bringing everything all together. And so I think it's really important to have this community-driven environment that has the same values. And that's really what's gonna build brands and the future of the hair care industry. And with that, I would like to thank my guests, Arnicha, Samantha and Keely for joining me today and to you for listening.